The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. And Jamie saw this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line, and you may have already known this, but Kendall Rogers reporting uh, that a couple of Red Raiders are going to miss the 2023 baseball season. Um, what's the significance of this? And uh, tell us about these guys, the infielder Jake Ducart and the right-handed pitcher Jack Washburn, whom we talked about quite a bit yesterday. Yeah, I don't think Ducart is any kind of an impact quite honestly at all i mean you're you have plenty of depth and i mean ducart was i mean he's i think i think i had heard that he was not even enrolled in school this semester okay because it happened in the fall and and he knew he wouldn't be able to play and he's the guy that's a fifth year transfer from oregon state and you know would have been a you know a depth guy but didn't have in my opinion look like he was Prime to be a superstar for you. He didn't have huge numbers at Oregon State, and so didn't expect him to make a massive, massive impact here. Now the Jack Washburn one, um, you know, I I told you guys about that. That you know he could be out for you know possibly three months, and it would just be a matter of you know would he try to come back at that point or not. And um, if if Kendall Rogers' report is true, it sounds like he's decided. You know what might be the better decision to just uh, just hang it up for the year and either you know Washburn again another another fifth year guy. Is he going to decide to you know what I'm just going to finish my career or is he going to say I'm going to use this as a redshirt season and uh, I'll be back at 100 percent next year? So we just have to wait and see on that one. Does he uh, does he have pro potential at all, Jamie? Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I don't, I'm I'm not saying he's a you know top ten round guy, but I, I bet he would have been a guy that would have been if he was healthy this year and had another solid late year like he did for Ole Miss last year. I, I bet he would have been drafted. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of kind of comes down to you know, and I I don't know that it works as well this way from a free agent standpoint for baseball, maybe as it does for. Um, as it does for football, but you know, it might be one of those deals where it's like, okay, Hey, I, I won a national championship. Um, I, I've gotten the degree I want to get. Um, it didn't work out with me at Texas tech. Uh, I'm going to go try and, uh, see what minor league baseball brings for me. And I'll pick a team that looks like they might have a need or a fit or a coach that I want to work with. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, mm-hmm. Because because he could right he he could if if somebody signed he could go anywhere right he doesn't he, because if he doesn't get because, drafted yes yeah 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 uh, this this question and I, I I think this is probably for every school somebody wants to know why do we always seem to lose at least one baseball player for the season before the season even starts and then and then the, the follow up to that is that the coaches overworking the players in the off season uh, I'll let you respond to that I have a thought but go ahead. I would just tell you to look across the country and see that it, it yeah. happens everywhere numerous times. It, it's, it's I mean, all over the place. And yeah. and I think baseball players are getting hurt more now. I don't think anybody argues with this. I'm not breaking any news here. But baseball players, especially pitchers, are hurt more now because they play more ball when they're younger. 
They, I mean, they're hardcore baseball players that are playing 12 months out of the year and the, the wear and tear on the arm and all of that is, it's not ideal <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for kids. And so you'll see a lot of times that are at about that age in the college age is, but it's, it's happening a lot more, even in the high school ranks, you see guys having Tommy John surgery and all that. It's, I mean, they're playing so much baseball now. Because, I mean, I mean, we're all as those of us that have parents that play sports or whatever. What do we tell our kids? You want to get better? You got to play, man. You got to get out there and play. You got to you got to work hard every day. You got to play. You got to play. Well, um, you know, there's a time where we, you also have to be smart and say, OK, they have to back it off a little bit, too. Um, maybe if it's a baseball player and he's a pitcher, you say, OK, you can you can continue to play, but hey, you're not going to pitch for a three or four month period or whatever. So you're going to, you know, learn to play the outfield and swing the stick a little bit and do those kind of things. But I just think um, baseball players are getting hurt more now because they play so much more than they did when we were kids. When you yeah. would, you know, you'd play in the summer, or you might play for your, you know, your high school team or your middle school team or whatever, but you weren't playing. 80 100 games in a year like kids are able to do now which hey that's great it makes them better players they get to play a bunch all that but um the motion of of throwing a baseball that many times is just not good for the elbows and shoulders and all that and you know you try to uh, i mean technology is better and how we take care of our bodies and how we take care of the arms and all that but you know it's it's maybe not not where it needs to be yeah, you know, you kind of think about, you know, the, the stage of life that the kids are going through and bodies are changing and things along those lines and, you know, breaking down. And like you said, the, the number of games. The other thought that I, I, I had prom- was... I promise you that the coaching staffs across the country are not overworking their kids. They have yeah. people that are paid to make sure that that is not the case. I mean, if if that was the case, wouldn't if they were overworked, wouldn't you see every kid break down? Okay, not just some of them, right? It would, it, I mean, every kid would be, would be bad, or maybe it, it would be more likely that that, and it wouldn't be just one or two guys. So, I mean, they've got trainers that know how much they're supposed to push them and how much they're not. They've got specific regimens that you know are supposed to take care of the guys. And I mean, as we all know, I mean, sometimes your your body just breaks down. We're all different. Yeah. Yeah, and my other, just sort of quick thought on this, because I agree with everything you just said, is that because of the popularity of this baseball team and program over the years, you probably hear more about the baseball team leading up to it than other Big 12 schools do just because of the success that you've had and the fan interest in it. So we are going to know more about the baseball team as a fan base and when injuries occurred, maybe more so than than other schools that haven't had the success that Texas Tech has had over the last 10 years. And if you look over the course of those 10 years at other schools in our conference, they've dealt with the same kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You just, you just don't hear about it. Right. You, know, you just don't, you just don't, you just don't hear about it. Uh, Six thirty-eight this morning here on the morning drive. So that's, uh, that's too bad for uh, Jack Washburn, but it's not a complete surprise when you, when you heard about the, the shoulder problem or the injury uh, problem to the arm or whatever, whatever it is. Sure. Um, that that he would be uh be out for the year hey i saw this headline last night and you're gonna go well how does that relate uh to lubbock um and uh, the headline was that uh the lincoln riley was losing one of his uh staff members 
to the Dallas Cowboys. And the, the connection is, is that this guy is from Lubbock. And um, his dad was a prominent attorney here in town. And uh, his name is uh, Will Harriger. And he's going to leave uh, USC. And he's going to go to work for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Dan Quinn and Brian Schottenheimer, whom he had a relationship uh, with him, he's going to be uh, an offensive assistant. He was on uh, Lincoln Riley's staff at USC as a senior offensive analyst. Um, he has uh, coached at Florida, Texas Tech, Texas, Auburn. Uh, and also, I think he spent some time uh, with the Seattle Seahawks or, or Atlanta Falcons, one of the two. But anyway, I just thought that was uh, I thought that was kind of cool, good for him. He gets back to Texas, gets back closer to home and, uh, and family, presumably. And so um, you kind of look at that and go, okay, uh, if that was a familiar name to you, uh, it should be because uh, – so Will Harriger is going to go to work for the uh, Dallas Cowboys and uh, get out of Los Angeles. Probably happy about that, I would guess. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is February the 15th, 2023. With this day in sports history, here is Jeff McGuire. going to start in 1916 because a great nickname may have been used too early. New York Yankees by Frank Home Run Baker from the Athletics for $37,500. Wonder why his nickname was Home Run. He had quite he did quite well in the Home Run department before Babe Ruth came around. Okay. But just they the should fact have saved that for Babe. You should there are lots of players that, that sure? could have been saved. With. Are you sure that's what it was? I mean, did you look up his stats because I mean a lot of times, you know, like you know, this like, reverse you know, we'll call a short guy stretch or, uh, you know, a chubby guy skinny. I mean, may- maybe he was a slap hitter. You know, maybe he was really good at, you know, bunt singles, and they called him home. Well, maybe some baseball. sarcasm then. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm. That would be more fun. It would, but I have a feeling that's not where this came from. We need to come up with sarcastic nicknames for each of us. Oh, that's easy. I'm smarty. Smarty. <laughs> like Chuck Quiet Guy Heinz. Yeah. 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 Look. <laughs> Jamie quiet Nice Guy. Jamie Nice Guy Lent. <laughs> yeah. 1932. Bombastic. Bombastic. <laughs> 1932 is a member of the gold winning U.S. four men bobsled team at Lake Placid, Eddie Egan who was the boxing gold winner, a gold medal winner in the Summer Olympics, becomes the only Olympian to win gold medals at both summer and winter games in different sports. I love that. Pretty cool. Yeah. 1976, in the 18th Daytona 500, David Pearson makes contact with Richard Petty just yards from the finish line into the wall and into the infield. Petty stalls while Pearson restarts to get the win. 1980, NHL Oriole Wayne Gretzky assists on an NHL record tying seven goals in an 8-2 victory over Washington in in, in Edmonton. That's a lot of assists. That's a lot of assists for a basketball game. Yeah. 1981, 23rd Daytona 500. 
Richard Petty would win his record seventh title at Daytona, beating Bobby Allison in the to the line by three and a half seconds. Not a fun day. 1990, baseball owners lock out the players. It's a bad deal. 1996, NFL coaching legend, not yet though, Bill Belichick, is fired by Cleveland, finishing with his Browns coaching career with a record of 36 and 44. Do you think he wins another Super Bowl? No. I don't either. Not with that quarterback. All right. 1998, in the 40th Daytona 500, Dale Earnhardt's only Daytona Daytona win. It was his 20th Daytona start, snaps a 59-race winless streak. It is National Plain Cheeseburger Day. What? (laughs) Okay, it's not. It's National Gumdrop Day and Chewing Gum Day, but it's also Jamie Lynn's 49th birthday, so it should be Plain and Dry Cheeseburger Day. I was going to be was great. so shocked if that was true. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jamie, turning 49 today. You share a birthday with Jane Seymour, who's 72. Christopher oh. McDonald, who is the bad guy in Happy Gilmore at 68. And Mark Price is 59. Huh. And on this day. And Jimmy Spencer, NASCAR driver. I miss Jimmy Spencer. I, I don't really look at NASCAR drivers unless it's no. like uh, their picture pops up and it's the, like he's, the the famous ones. Would. He's my favorite one of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I'll make a note of that for next year. Uh, and on this day, 1903, Jamie, toy store owners and inventor Morris Mitchum places two stuffed bears in his shop win- window, advertising them as teddy bears. Uh, he had earlier petitioned President Theodore Roosevelt for permission to use his nickname, Teddy, the president agreed, and before long, other toy manufacturers began turning out copies of the stuffed bears, which soon became a national childhood institution. Reports differ, though, as the exact details of the inspiration behind the teddy bear, but it is thought that while hunting in Mississippi in 1902, Roosevelt came upon an old injured black bear that his guides had tied to a tree. <laughs> while some reports claim that Roosevelt shot the bear out of pity for its suffering, Others insisted that he set the bear free. Political cartoonists later portrayed the bear as a cub, implying that the under the tough, outdoorsy, and macho image of Roosevelt lay a much softer and more sensitive interior. And that is this day in sports history. Well, how about that? That's a little conversation starter for this uh, weekend's parties. we get this from the Eighth Sporting Center chat line. JL, you and I share our birthday today. Happy birthday oh, to you. Cool. Yeah. My name is Chris, and I live and work in Leveland. I hope you have a great birthday. Chris, we hope you do you too, as Chris. well. Yeah. Uh, our friend Risa says, happy birthday, BFF. Nice. Best friends forever. There that you go. Is. What does a birthday celebration look like at the Lint House? Is it a raucous kind of event, or is it... <laughs> when is it raucous at the heinz house i mean it's never raucous at the lent house i never mind never mind forget i asked that question i'm afraid of the answer um no it won't be raucous tonight i'm sure they'll i'm sure we'll go to dinner okay well good so is this where i should not tell chuck i've got the invitation 
and you know we already got the strobe lights ready to go and then the searchlights outside directing yeah, traffic in it's gonna be raucous. all of that yes, yes. rockets rockets mm-hmm. rockets man for your 50th we should throw a big uh big you know hoedown you know so to speak throw a hole down make it, okay make it a make it a big big damn deal <laughs> what uh, are we throwing so, down uh, a hole <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, thoughts on nicknames here this morning. Uh, Tight Lip Chuck and Mr. Personality. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think that's Mr. Personality. I think that's worse for me than it is for you. Yeah, right. I, I, I agree. Uh, shy Hines. From, from uh, shy Hines. <laughs> uh, that was... <laughs> Of course, uh, that's uh, that's not the case. Um, anyway, so uh, happy birthday to Jamie, and hope uh, hope he has a, has a great day. And you get uh, get ready for baseball season, man. We're uh, we're just two more sleeps, Jamie, tonight and tomorrow night uh, for uh, for Tech baseball. So that'll be great, right? Yeah, I you know I'm, I'm excited. No, and, and and you know I know that you get to the start of these seasons every year. You know, regardless of what your sport is, you know, if it's if it's college football, if it's the NFL, if it's basketball, if it's whatever it is. Um, and then you, you kind of anticipate maybe what the year's going to be like. Do you, do you enter this year with more hope and anticipation for kind of how this team has been put together and what you see so far uh, than you have in recent years? Or, or is it about the same? I mean, it's about the same. I'm I'm always excited. Um, I, I think this year is interesting just because I feel like, um, eh, I, I mean, expectations by the national folks for the Red Raiders are down a little bit. And so that's kind of fun to me. I, I feel like there's so many new players that people don't know about that I think the Red Raider fans are going to really – turn out to uh, enjoy and have fun watch and play. So I, I think that that part of it, it's, it's maybe more fun than other years where you knew what you had, but at the same time in other years when you knew what you had, you were like, oh, we got this star and we got this stud and we got this guy is going to crush it and this guy is going to be first team all conference. And so, um, you know, the, the, they were definitely, the expectations were through the roof. Then. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie, a, uh, I think, significant uh, investment in the uh, Texas Tech coaching staff uh, made recently, and it was announced yesterday uh, by the athletic department with uh, contract extensions for the football staff. And I guess the one that really kind of stands out to me the most that that pleases me the most, not that you're just because he's from here and went to school here and worked here and all those kinds of things that you should um, always take for granted that Zach Kitley is going to be a part of your your staff and, and be your offensive coordinator because he'd probably like to have some opportunities at some point in time to be a head coach. And, and uh, obviously everybody wants to make more money, but the one that really pleased me yesterday was the – the three-year deal for defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter because I, I thought I thought he did a really good job uh, with improving your defense in uh, in year one. Yeah, and I would have guessed a guy that probably had offers elsewhere uh, as much as uh, mm-hmm. he did last year with this squad. So 
I, I think I would agree with you that I'm, I'm glad the rest of the guys are, are sticking around as well. Um, but Coach DeRuiter did a, did a terrific job. He's coached a lot of different places, and uh, you you had had to have thought that there were other schools across the country that kicked the tires there to see if they could pry them away. And yeah. um, it's awesome that we, we keep them here in Lubbock, and hopefully this defense can keep building the way it has. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, he's – and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've not asked this question specifically, but, but maybe he's reached a, a stage in life where he's like, okay, um, the the head coaching thing. Um, it, it, I mean, it's it's a young man's game to a degree, um, and and my skill set is is coaching defense. And uh, man, it's uh, I'm I'm here in Lubbock. I've been here a year. Uh, I like who I'm working with. I like who I'm working for. Uh, the town's easy to get around in. Um, you can get in and out of town pretty easy. Um, because I think for me, what I found as, as an adult coming here, and I was much younger uh, than Tim DeRuiter when I came to Lubbock, and I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to be here forever, and, and, and now I own dirt here, uh, permanent dirt. Um, but you start looking around and going, man, this is, this is a really good town. And, um, you know, it's an easy town to live in. It's a friendly town to live in. It's a good town to do business in. It, you can, when, when we bought our house, you can buy, you know, a reasonable amount, amount of house here for a reasonable amount of money. And just, it's just a, it's a very comfortable shoe to wear. And uh, I think as you get uh, later in life, and maybe Coach DeRuiter's discovered this, that, man, this is a good place to be. And I can, I can do really, really well here. And if we win here, and that we can create some kind of a legacy here. Um, and I think uh, too often on sports teams, and we've seen this here at Texas Tech over over the years, where the consistent staff wins. And, man, they're, they, they stay and look at the baseball staff, I mean, as a prime example of that. And then you look at the football staff and maybe women's hoops or even men's hoops to a degree, and you see the, the turnover that you've had in uh, the churn and, and coaches and just go, man, I feel like we're always starting over and trying to build relationships with the town and gown and with the high school coaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But man, if you can keep these, these guys and gals coaching your teams that you just, that equity that you build every single year just gets better and better and better. And coach McGuire has made it crystal clear. And he even, he even said this the other night at this event that I was at, he goes, I want to die here. Not anytime soon. He said, but, you know, he, he's made a long-term commitment uh, to being here. And you hope that that even, even as they have success and championship success, uh, that they, that they stay, not that you're going to keep every coach, man, if you can keep your core, that's just huge. Yeah. There was a lot there that you said. Um, <laughs> was, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Lubbock, great. All the above. Yeah, good place to raise your kids. Um, great people, all the above. Don't disagree with you on that. Um, but I think there's one big, massive reason why Tim DeRuiter is staying here, and that's because he loves three, work. Because he loves work. Five million. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I I'm going to okay. tell you it's because he wants to work with Joey McGuire. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, he yeah. he agrees. Like he's the philosophy is the same, and they enjoy it now. Mm -hmm. Now. He may want that, but somebody offers him three times more money, and he's like, I'd love to work for Coach McGuire, but <laughs> right. they offered me three times more money. I'm going to go move there. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. what Texas Tech has done is said, okay, well, this guy wants to work with Coach McGuire. He wants to be here. 
again, I love Lubbock too. I love all, all the things you said are true. I don't necessarily think those are the reasons why he's staying. Okay. okay. I, I think it's because he, they have a similar philosophy. They love working together. I want to work mm-hmm. for this guy. You know, he gets me, I get him, whatever. We got a chance to build something great, all the above. So, I, I mean, I, that's where, that's one of those things that, we all are very high on Coach McGuire and what he does and how he recruits and all of these things. But, you know, maybe one of the things that we don't give him enough credit for is guys want to work with him, want to work for him, you know? And yeah. and, and so clearly that's the situation here with Coach Druder because if he didn't enjoy working for Joey McGuire, he probably would have told Texas Tech, nah, you know, and he, if he had other opportunities, he would have gone elsewhere, okay? But clearly mm-hmm. he does enjoy working with Coach McGuire. And so – it's awesome that the athletic department sees that and gets it and is like, yep, here's a bunch of money to make you love Lubbock. Some okay? advice, even, Some advice even I more. got very early on uh, when I started working. If you have the opportunity to work for someone you enjoy working with, it's worth not getting as much money going someplace else to work with someone you don't enjoy working there, with. There you go. Now, yeah. there's a point when more money is Can worth outweigh it. it. Yeah. But if it's close, yeah. stay with the person you enjoy working with. Yeah. It's, because that makes your job easier. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put down Lubbock at all, okay? No, I know. But I, know, I, I, know. I think the two biggest factors are Joey McGuire and the money, okay? Yeah. Not how easy it is to drive around town. Okay. Okay. Well, um, um, and I'm not I'm not taking a haircut just because I enjoy working with you, Jamie, okay? Just, just want okay. you to know that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And you also talked about the the coaching staff as far as the football program and, you know, the, the, the fact that, uh, I mean, we just haven't had consistency, and that's true because they haven't won, yeah. right? They haven't won. They haven't been good. So mm-hmm. what you've, you're hoping we're seeing now is them establish – you know, winning atmosphere and actually establishing winning, and that will keep them here. You know, they'll want to stay together. They'll uh, the athletic department will want to reward them with m- more pay, and um, you'll see this thing stay together. But that's that's the key, right? I mean, because some of the times the staffs haven't stayed together, it wasn't because it was their choice; it was because it was our choice. Right, right, right. Our, our, no, no. Be, our being the athletic department. I don't mean to act like we're in the athletic department. But it was Texas Tech's choice to say, hey, we're not getting the job done. You're not getting yep. the job done. We're going to make a move. It wasn't that they weren't committed. It was that, it was that they weren't doing a good job. Yeah. There has been, um, I think, uh, whether it's warranted or not, uh, a critique sometimes of the of the assistant salary pool, uh, the uh, athletic department upped it by $798,000 to $7.5 million for uh, Coach McGuire's second year. This is now the largest in uh, Texas Tech's program history. So that that helps you uh, retain folks as well. And all 10 assistants plus two prominent members of the support staff um, uh, received uh, multi-year agreements, uh, including Tech Offensive Coordinator uh, Zach Kitley and, as we mentioned, the – Defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. Uh, this also includes uh, Josh Bookbinder, Josh Cochran, uh, among others, uh, that either have two-year contracts, new ones, or uh, one-year extensions. So that's uh, 
That's good. And Kenny Perry, who was up for the North Texas job, uh, is included. He's the associate head coach, special teams coordinator, and running backs coach. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 7.31 this morning on the Morning Drive. Time for Jamie's pregunta of the day. Uh, what you got for me? All right, we're going Red Raider basketball here. Chuck, you've got five conference games remaining. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me how many of them you win. And do not answer Arkansas. Okay. Uh, full disclosure, I did uh, hear you on the bottom line yesterday. asked this question to Clint, and you said, I hope that Chuck is not listening. So, but I was. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I happened to be, happened to be tuned in. So, um, so I avoided asking you this earlier today. So I thought that was well prepared of me not to be, not to be redundant, not to give myself a pat on the back, but you know, if I don't, nobody else will. Um, I think that as you close out this basketball season, uh, the Red Raiders will play at West Virginia on Saturday. That's a win at, uh, Oklahoma on Tuesday in Norman. I think that's a win. I think you beat TCU. Frankly, I think you lose at KU on uh, February the 28th, and you beat uh, Oklahoma State. I think you win four of your last five games, Jamie. Okay. That would get you to 7-11 and 11 in Big 12 play. Yeah. And, and I would tell you this. Um, I don't know when they're doing their senior night a celebration, if they're doing it on the Saturday or if they're doing it on the 28th, but that will be KU's last home game that Texas Tech plays. And they have not lost a home basketball game on the last day of the regular season at Allen Fieldhouse since my senior year. So I think this would be a good year to break that uh, 40-year streak of them winning on the last day. That would that would please me if it was Texas Tech that would that would knock off the Jayhawks uh, to uh, to win on senior night to end their 40-year run going back to 1983. Chuck, I need to talk to Fink for a second. Because clearly you have done something in that room that he can tell us what it is. Because you are clearly on something, thinking that we're going to go into uh, Kansas and win on their senior night. I didn't say what. I didn't make a prediction. I just said I would. I would that, that, if they were going to do that. I think that would be great. Oh sure, um, yeah. yeah. It'd be great if I won the lottery today too. The chances are about <laughs> the same. Well, you I, a question was asked to me. I said four or five, but I said if they won on. If they were going to win all five, that I think it'd be great because it would end a forty-year streak. So, how many do you think the Red Raiders going to win, Jeff? I've got two, and I two. don't know which of the two, there, it's two of the three. The at West Virginia, the at Oklahoma, the versus Oklahoma State are the three are the three that I've got as possible wins. I don't think you win both road games between West Virginia and Oklahoma. I think you can get one of them, and I like your chances against Oklahoma State at home with what you did with them on the road um, in a very close game on the road there. I've got TCU and KU as a loss. I could be convinced on three if you just go out and blow out West Virginia, and it shows some signs that this team has taken a, a giant leap forward in how they're playing offense and defense together. But as of right now, one of the two next road games and then Oklahoma State. So. Well, we got. What three, do you think, Jamie? We got three different answers. I have three and two. 
Uh, I have okay. wins at Oklahoma at home against TCU and home against Oklahoma State. Uh, I think this we, this Saturday is massive for the Red Raiders. Can you keep the momentum going? Can you can you start to believe? Um, I, you know, West Virginia kind of made you look bad here at home, and they should no have because they're not a great team. But um, they're a decent team, and uh, I, I just think this Saturday is so big. But right now the, I have that one as a loss along with the, the game at Kansas. Yeah. Uh, against uh, against West Virginia, they were 19 of 51 from the field, 10 of 35 from beyond the arc. But you put them at the free throw line 35 times, and they made 28 of them, 19 in the second half. I, I just don't think you're going to put them at the free throw line 28 times or 35 times. Um, and and that. You know, it's a, it's a, it was a 15-point win, but, I mean, it looked worse than that, to be just honest, because they they out-rebounded you 44-27, to 27, and, uh, you know, West Virginia got uh, – and they only got 10 points in the paint. Um, they had 15 second-chance points, so I'd like to think you could do a little bit better there. Red Raiders had 12. Red Raiders had 34 points in the paint. Um West Virginia had uh, just 10 points off turnovers. I mean, they won the game at the free throw line. So if you can just keep from fouling them uh, repeatedly, uh, I think you can win this this basketball game. I think you can win the basketball game, but I just I think you've you've got to continue to get a lot of contribution from you know three, four, five different guys, and I think you've been mm-hmm. getting that of late for the most part with Damian Davion Harmon leading the charge. Um, but and I, and I think you've you got to do a good job on the perimeter. It's that's been a big bugaboo yeah. all season long. So um, guards got to defend. Man, you know it's funny because what's well, not funny, but I mean when I was watching the game the other night, I was like, man, hey, you're. I, I I think I even turned to somebody and said, you're allowed, you're allowed to defend that guy out there. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like man. <laughs> the, just letting them have a three-point open shot—it's just like stunning. Uh, what your what your opponent has has done, uh, especially in in Big Twelve play. Your your opponent this year has made a hundred and twelve threes, and has shot three hundred thirty-one threes. Thirty-four percent of their threes have gone in. Your opponent, Texas Tech, is eighty-six of two eighty-nine for basically thirty percent. So, what, they've made 26 more threes than you. 26. And that's part of why your opponent has outscored you. Uh, and this is in Big 12 play uh, that, I'm, that I'm looking at. So, yeah, I mean, you're allowed, right? You're allowed to defend the three? Is that correct, Jamie? Uh, you are. You are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, so let me ask you this: If you win four, okay, and you get <clears throat> to seven and eleven, if you get four and get to seven and eleven in uh, Big Twelve play, is that enough to put you on the bubble going into the conference tournament? Yes, to get you on the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in the maybe, conversation at that point. Yeah. And then maybe to get into the tournament, you might have to win two, 
Uh, depends who you're facing off with. Okay. I mean, if, if, um, if you didn't play on the Wednesday night and your first game was against Kansas or Texas, a top 10 team, mm-hmm. I would say that would be enough. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So if you beat Kansas uh, and then lost in the next round to Texas, I think you, you probably would be in with a 7-11 and 11 mark and yet another win against a top 10 team. Okay. But I'm uh, assuming, I, I think it's fair to assume at this point you're going to be Your daily dose Wednesday of sports night. and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This from the Yates Morning Center Challenge. He got the math wrong. Wouldn't it be 89 feet? Nine inches. Well, no, it's it's four inches, 89 feet, eight inches. So, actually, uh, it's still, Chuck, 90 feet to the base peg. From the uh, edge of the base now, it's not 90. It's not 90 feet. I got it's you. It's to the peg, and the peg doesn't move. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you, to, the, thank you how, to, to Mike Gustafson for texting me that. I uh, love how t- Chuck took shortened base pass and brought in what it will do for the announcers. Yeah. yeah uh dallas uh, says every base is getting larger okay uh should have just done that a double base with the runners base and foul territory that's where the base path is it's all the base passes increasing uh yes what jeff said softball has two bases at first one for the fielder and one for the runner uh, this I love it when Chuck tries to do some math. Yes, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, flat base is next. I was thinking about that. I didn't bring it up because it, you know, just thought that this wasn't the uh, proper time to do it. Uh, Chuck is probably a bigger fan of those bases. In addition to being larger, they look to be a bit flatter. Mm. Yes, they do, Bobby. Hot dogs. I'm gonna be right on that someday. Uh, Paul says this. Prophet Chuck, what else do you see in our future? hey jamie hashtag happy birthday cake and a baseball okay uh Uh, happy birthday jamie hope everything is plain and dry for you today (laughs) i did have jamie Uh, going for about five seconds today that was pretty funny eric on wheel says uh happy birthday jlc at the ballpark saturday can't wait. Uh, well, what's going on here. Friday, Eric? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, right. Eric's a busy man, I'm sure. He could be working Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia, uh, since they were... Happy birthday, Jamie. Hope you have more, many more. That's from uh, Syntex, Hank. So there you go. I do so, as well. Yeah, a lot of, lot of folks, a lot of folks are... Uh, you know, weighing in on uh, and I, how do you? I appreciate all the, you, all the birthday wishes. Thank you very much. Very kind. It's funny, Gus didn't send that to me as well. He just sent that to you on the base path thing. <laughs> he and I were texting earlier this morning, so maybe it was just oh, easier yeah. to secret reply to that secret baseball stuff. Probably, you know, you guys are in cahoots with each other you're who do you think i think that he, uh, he just texted wish me he, happy birthday so i don't think you need to be jealous <laughs> okay i'm not um i think 
I think you guys are both equally excited about the start of baseball season. My guess is he will express it more or show it more, but you're both just like, like little boys on Christmas morning, getting ready to open up your presents for uh, Friday. Right. Uh, I mean, he's not crazy excitable either. He's a pretty Gus and I are extremely similar in that regard. I feel, I feel like he's pretty, he's pretty calm, even ke- mild mannered even, and all that good stuff. Even yeah. keeled somewhat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. I I know he's excited, but what do you think about Major League Baseball now? Their plan to emphasize enforcement of the balk rule. That seems to be the balk rule. Seems to be it's like every. It seems like that's the basketball version of it's a balk. It's a balk. To he's over the back. He's over the back. Right. Um, Except according to the official, official over the back isn't a, a, a penalty. Right. right. While in fact right. a balk is. Um, what do I think about it? Okay, Chuck, I've always tried to live my life as someone who knows enough to know when you don't really know. Okay? Okay. All right. And the Bach rule to me is uh, really difficult. There are certain aspects of it that I can pick out pretty easily. And then there are others that are called and in real time, I'm like, man, I did not see that. Go back and watch it. And like, oh, okay. I see what the umpire saw there. And um, it's still really difficult. So I don't ever watch a major league game or a college baseball game and be like, man, we got host because that guy was balking all over the place. I mean, his balking was keeping our base runners, you know, from from stealing bases or whatever. I, I don't, I don't like know enough, understand all the intricacies of balking enough to be outraged by it very often. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, I, Major League Baseball saying, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta make sure crack down on making sure it's getting called more." I don't really have that much of an opinion because I'm I'm thinking, oh, okay, I didn't really know that they were taking advantage of the rule. I didn't realize that that was happening. And mm-hmm. I guess this is, again, Major League Baseball wanting more movement on the base paths to make sure that these guys are not deceiving base runners and giving them the confidence to attempt to steal. And so yeah. maybe that's what's going on here. So I kind of get it, but... I'm interested to see how this is going to affect the game. Um, whether you're going to see guys try to to run more because of it, because they have pitchers figured out and they're not being deceived. Uh, but I, I don't. I just it's a kind of wait and see thing for me. So I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. Uh, umpires, according to this ESPN article, called 122 box in 2022. That was the fullest, the, the, the fewest in a full season since 1973. So 39 years of baseball. That, if you'd asked me how many box, I mean, I probably wouldn't have. I, I, 122 seems low, and clearly it is because it's the lowest since 73. But I don't know. I mean, it seems to be such a subjective call, Jamie, that um, that they've. It seems like those subjective calls are trying to take those out of the umpire's hands. But 
maybe they have a better definition of it for them. They're showing them specific video of what they're looking for now with regard to a balk. I don't think they're taking it out of their hands. They're they're telling them they want it in your hands more. We want you to call it more. Yeah, yeah I guess what I meant by that was um, they want them to call it more, and maybe they're being more specific about, hey, this is what a balk is. Okay. So maybe it, it's it's well, more clear in everybody's this, mind, I if guess. If they're calling it a bunch, this may backfire on them. If they're calling it a bunch because they want more excitement of guys running mm-hmm. and you're constantly seeing box called, that's going to I mean, that's gonna stop the game and bore the game down more. People are just going to be walking yeah. from whatever base they're on to the next one with the box calls as opposed to doing for a steal. So how much of this if any, will trickle down to college baseball and how long will it take before we see bigger bases and uh, an emphasis on box? Or do you, do you see enough box called in, in college baseball to kind of wet your whistle, so to speak? <laughs> um, I mean, what do I see in the, over the course of one college baseball season for the Red Raiders, either them or their opponents? I don't Maybe five? max for a year-ish yeah but we've seen the one where you win the game because of it and that's the important one and we've seen where you lost a game when one was pulled away from you at tcu last year too um i decided to remember the win not the loss yeah that's good (laughs) but do you do you do you kind of walk away from some games going because i mean you i don't ever hear of like you guys go uh that was a balk no call you know Right? I don't ever hear that. Boss no call. <laughs> it's not like it. It's not like it. You, it's not like it. It feels like that they're just littered with box. And, you know, it's like, it's not like carrying the ball over or traveling or something like that. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.